Last time we were here on this podcast, we were talking about all of our, we were, we were bitching, we were complaining a lot. Yeah. Is what we were doing. Getting stuff off our chest, and I think we feel a little bit better. Um, I've mended some fences with some people I didn't get along with in some of my leagues uh, over this past couple of weeks. It's pretty nice, actually. But today we're going to go over, we're getting rid of fantasy for this week, and we're going to talk about our own, our one and only NFL mock draft. Here at Second and Short, we break down two rounds of the NFL for you. We're going to give you guys pick by pick for the first round. And then in the second round, we're going to talk about two to four players that we think provide the best value that fell into that round. Uh, but we really want to get this out today because the NFL draft is right around the corner. It is next Thursday, fast approaching. I am Tyler Lauder here with Second and Short, joined with our fantasy expert who played GM with me here, Jason over on the coast. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Refreshed. I uh, think our little break after our, our uh, therapy session, yeah. you know, got some woosah. We're, we're back in the saddle, and uh, we're going to tackle this mock draft and see see how how good we play actual GMs. So what we did is we rotated picks, and then he fell asleep, and I finished the draft at the very end, last, <laughs> last like six, seven picks. So let's go ahead and start off the NFL draft. The Jacksonville Jags are on the clock. And you have this pick here. Now, biggest needs, if we're just going to list off the things that I'm going to kind of go off a list of what I got here, uh, they, they need to get a safety. They need to get a little more offensive line. I would say probably interior offensive line, maybe like a center, a guard. Uh, and then they really need an edge rusher. And they kind of fall in a great spot here to get an edge rusher. I do not think, before you, before you draft, <laughs> I do not think this pick will get traded at all. I don't think the value is there for anybody to want to no. come up and get somebody. And... Detroit has been pretty much quiet on the whole quarterback talk, which I think is excellent smokescreen to prevent anybody from trading up just in case. So for the first pick in the NFL draft, go ahead, play GM. You are a Jacksonville Jags GM. I, I definitely think they're going to go edge rush here. And uh, there's the top edge rusher in my opinion is going to be Hutchison, uh, the D end out of Michigan. I think he will fit into that defensive scheme. You've got, you got to look. This is a team that needs to find identity. Uh, and where better to find identity and let your quarterback grow, let your um, running back you took last year that's coming off of injury, let him get acclimated, than to have a stingy defense. Uh, I, I think this is a great fit for Jacksonville, uh, especially in that conference, uh, to get an edge rusher, address the need, and, you know, flourish. Yeah, and Aiden Hutchinson was uh, a tear for Michigan last year. Um, I, he broke he broke his own like dad's personal season best uh, sack record. Um, top tier for exceptional production at Michigan, 6'6", 260 pounds. Uh, he had a, a 4.74 40 time. And he, I think with him going to Jacksonville, what's really key here is that Jacksonville obviously could take an offensive tackle. We talked about this with Evan Neal being there. Uh, but I, I do think that getting constant, there's a couple of things you always need in the NFL. You, you need a quarterback, you need edge rushers, uh, and then you need like a really good left tackle potentially, you know, like within like the top 15 range. And Evan Neal is kind of a tweener for me where he can play guard or tackle. So I think Aiden Hutchinson's a great pick here. Um, I mean, pro comp, I'm looking at right now, so, uh, Matt Miller. We're going to go with Matt Miller's pro comps for this right here. That's who we'll go with. Uh, he kind of compares him to Jared Allen. If the Jags can get a Jared Allen, you know, career out of Hutchinson, <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty good career. And I, I do think that the best way to let your offense kind of settle in is to have a decent defense that can at least hold teams down. And you're not expecting Trevor Lawrence 
and you know that band of misfits out there kind of you know to uh to have to put up 30 plus points every game the number two pick detroit lions are on the clock and i kind of hinted at this earlier the detroit lions have not been talking about quarterback at all after the 2022 season jared goff kind of can be coming off the books for nothing so if you have goff there everybody's saying next year take a quarterback but this lions team i mean they only won a couple games this year but i think there was like five or six games that they could have won and they could have been drafting down by 10 realistically and i think that that might change where they're not going to get all that bad luck this next year and with them having three picks in the top 34 they can take a risk here kind of play a little better and i think the lions will be drafting I'm going to say about seven to 10 range next year. And I think they're going to be out of the quarterback play when you're at the top of the draft and you need a quarterback, you take a quarterback. And I have them taking Malik Willis here uh, quarterback out of Liberty. And I know this is not going to be a favorable pick. Anybody listening to this mock right now, you're not going to like this pick, but let's be honest here. He kind of compares to Jalen hurts, except for he's got a better arm. Potentially that means that he's better than Jared Goff. If he's better than Jared Goff, you're doing the right thing by taking a better player. I think Aiden Hutchinson is the player they want. I don't think that they're necessarily in love with any of these defensive players here outside of Hutchinson. And so at that point, why not just take Malik Willis, who I think there's a bigger gap between Willis and let's say, I don't even know, Howell, if they draft him at 32, than there is if they take the next, you know, the number two defensive end here versus the defensive end they can get later on in the draft. I think that gap is a lot smaller. Yeah. Um- I love I love his arm. His arm is a big, strong arm, um, and I think that's going to. If this does play out the way you predict, you're going to see a huge bump in uh, St. Brown. You're going to see Hutch, DJ Chark, um, Chark, um, Swift out of the backfield. That's mm-hmm. going to be able to run these intermittent routes. Because uh, he's got he's got a very strong arm and he's very accurate with his mobility, uh, throwing off the run, which is something that you're seeing quarterbacks move to. You don't see the the definite pocket passer anymore. You see you see them going to a more mobile, more athletic quarterback. And I think that him landing in Detroit gives Detroit a nice future to build around. That team is young. Uh, they've got a lot of potential on offense so mm-hmm. i don't hate this pick others may i i was iffy about it but you know i i don't uh, i'm not going to give you too much flack i don't hate it i'm kind of in the middle of the road on it and we did see some uh step up from the defense for the detroit lions this past year as well that lets me feel confident in them adding a second pass rusher later on in the draft they can get a safety a cornerback later on in the draft um, and I just think my biggest thing is you don't know when you're going to be at the top of the draft again. Not everybody's the Jacksonville Jags where you're number one, number one, or, you know, where you're the Browns where you're number one, number one. Not everybody's like that. That's very rare. And more times often than not, you fall out of that quarterback range. And if the Detroit Lions do win five to six games next year and they're drafting at eight or nine, they're going to have to trade up to get one of those quarterbacks anyways next year that I think will go one, two, and three potentially. Uh, now, with that being said, let's talk about you talked about his his uh, ability outside the pocket when he gets outside the pocket um this past year um 86.6 outside the pocket qbr which shows that he is able to deliver outside the pocket he's able to move now a quarterback that's mobile you know going from Goff to to willis 
is also going to open up your offense a lot more as well, where now teams have to game plan for that mobility. I think he averaged like 850 yards uh, in college per year. And even though we're talking about a guy that, that played at Liberty, he, he, got, he got signed to Auburn. Like he's a top tier talent coming out of high school. He got signed to a, a pretty good program and just decided to transfer so he can compete and play sooner. I don't look at that as a bad thing. Cam Newton once left Florida and went and played yeah. at, at, at a Juco and then came back to Auburn. If, if, if he would have came out after that Juco, his career would have been the exact same, but he had that extra year at Auburn to kind of help you out. But still quarterbacks leave transfer all the time. We see, we see it all the time. And I'm not worried about that. The play at Liberty. He still had 47 touchdowns, 18 interceptions in the past two years. I'd like that to come down a little bit, but really doesn't worry me. Houston Texans are on the clock and they have a lot of needs, a lot of things that they can go for here. And I mean, we're going to see a trend here. Yeah. Top, top needs for the Houston Texans real quick for everybody. Wide receiver, edge, cornerback, uh, running back, uh, guard, nose tackle. You're up. Yeah, and I'm going to edge right here. Um, like I said, I mean, you're going to see a lot of this in a lot of my picks because I go a lot of defense in here and certain schools, but mm -hmm. I didn't notice that till today. Uh, but, yeah, I think Houston has to solidify this defense, and mm -hmm. a good anchor on this defense is going to be uh, Trayvon Walker. Yeah. out of Georgia. I think this is a great spot for him um, to build. Now, if the Texas front offense, office gets their heads on straight, this could be a monumental player for them for years to come. Uh, anchor that defense and be a franchise player. You know, it is. And I think a lot of people here, I've been seeing a lot of people like all over have been mocking offensive line to the Houston Texans. Uh, but realistically i mean they have they have Larry tunsil on one side and unless you're going to draft a right tackle at three is too much of a reach for me and i understand the evan neal thing where he can play full tackles and he can play guard but for me if i'm going to draft a, a tackle this high i want him to be a prominent left tackle but you know what getting pressure on the quarterback is a big thing we just talked about jacksonville doing it in this division with a lot of pocket passers in this division why not go ahead and do it with a, with a high upside guy like Walker, 6'5", 272. He is a beast out there, and he is, he is the definition of what you want from an edge rusher. Uh, Matt Miller's comp to him is Pay from last year, got drafted by the Colts. Uh, you know, I, he's one of those guys that I've been seeing a lot of people talk about. Is, is he the best pass rusher? Is he the fifth best pass rusher? And he's kind of all over the place. I think just getting him in there, let's see him perform. He ran a 4.540, which is really good at his size. Being disruptive off the edge is what you need, and that's what the Texans are getting right here. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. I dig it, and I'm, I'm not against it at all. Now, this draft here turns into the New York draft, and it does it like almost this whole draft. We find it out that the Jets and Giants have a lot of picks in this draft. Um, and <laughs> yes. they just kind of alternate here. So the New York Jets, what do they need? Uh, we know they need the, – well, I don't think they need a receiver, but they want another receiver. Uh, so they're going to go out and they're going to get a receiver. Now, this mock is coming out before the Debo potential trade, and that's a destination they could go because they've been in on every conversation. But they also need an edge rusher. They got to get that, that you know, Jets defense back to what it was. And so what we do here is we kind of get the best available, and that is uh, edge rusher out of Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. So it's the third edge rusher out of the past four picks, a guy that is valued as maybe the number two guy, maybe the number one guy. 
There's some questions about whether or not he actually likes football. We might be like overthinking this and he might be the best player in the draft. And we're just like adding too much to it. Uh, he gets a pro comp of Daniel Hunter, uh, really explosive first step. He might be the best guy in this draft. He might be, and we're all just kind of wrong on this. I think the Jets need to get that pass rusher to disrupt Josh Allen. I think that is a very big thing for them to do. I think they need to make Bill Belichick uneasy. Now, other needs that we kind of talked about here, receivers in at play, but I don't see a lot of teams between the range of five and nine that desperately need a receiver. So they can even, even if they miss out on Garrett Wilson, the top guy, they can get the second best receiver on their board at 10. That's what I think they can do. But they can't get somebody like Thibodeau at 10. So I think getting the best rusher you can now, getting a dominant positional need, somebody to work opposite of Lawson is key for them. And they can get this big movement on both sides to disrupt the rest of the division. And again, just like we're doing for Trevor Lawrence, hopefully give Zach Wilson a little more time on the offensive side. Yeah, and going to a New York market may be the best thing for him um, because you get that media attention and everything. And that may spark everything because I know a lot of people are down. Uh, is his heart in it? Is he really committed to football? I think this is a great fit mm -hmm. and you need to disrupt teams. You need to not be able to let teams pick you apart. Getting that pressure on uh, a quarterback is a huge difference. Um, not letting them go through their reads and stuff, getting check downs. Uh, I'd rather have, you know, give up three, four yard out, uh, check down than a, you know, a Stefan Diggs touchdown, uh, a Waddle big gain. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is very key. And I think, um, Building through defense is the way to go. They addressed a lot of offensive needs last year. I think they need to address that other side of the ball. And this is a very deep wide receiver class. So they can definitely get a wide receiver and fill another quality need with talent later on in the draft. I, I think the Jets are the biggest uh, beneficiaries from this draft's uh, like depth because like they really need an edge rusher. They really need a receiver. And both those positions are, are pretty deep. Uh, and I, I just think it's at that point, you just kind of, what's the biggest gap? What's the biggest risk here? And I see a lot of teams that could use an edge rusher after them as well. And now you're up here on the clock, the New York Giants at number five. Uh, biggest needs that we have are everything on the team. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. But really, yeah. like the, uh, another tackle, uh, a tight end isn't a need here, but it's just a team need. Uh, an, yeah. edge, an edge rusher, a cornerback, uh, maybe an interior offensive lineman. If they're adamant on keeping Barkley, they've probably got to protect that line and give him some room to run. Yeah, and that's why I'm going with the best offensive line lineman in the draft with uh, Evan Neal. Um, we've talked about him. At, uh, you know, we've hit on him a couple of times mm -hmm. through the discussion thus far, but the Giants need to protect Daniel Jones and Saquon. Um, I think once they sure up this offensive line, that's when this team's going to start turning the corner. They've got talent on this team, but you have to be able to get the ball to the talent. And I think Neil plugs in here as a day one starter who could have a very long, prosperous NFL career. Yeah, and his, his pro comp here is, uh, is Jordan uh, Mayolata, uh tackle for the Eagles, wherever Neil kind of dominates since, since he is a tweener, you know, 6'8", 337 
He's got that height that you want for a tackle. He's got that width and weight that you want for uh, a guard. He's got really good power in his, in his uh, lower body. He's an excellent run blocker. Run blocker. That's, and that's what's key here. Uh, I think putting him on the outside, putting him on the inside, having the flexibility with a team like the Giants that can use both a, a guard upgrade and a tackle upgrade allows them to kind yes. of just evaluate who's on the team right now, who, who's better than who uh, at both those positions. And all right, whoever's the worst of you two, Neil's taking your spot. He's going to come in. He's going to allow Barkley to run through. He's going to be able to protect uh, the inside or outside for Jones uh, or the next quarterback, whatever happens there. A fantastic value pick for them. The Giants are, are benefiting here because the Giants need, like an offensive tackle might be the number one need for them. Uh, or, yes. or in, in, in Neil can play guard, but, and, and I think where they're at at five, I don't think the top three tackles are all going to go in the top five. I think a lot of people want them to, but I think we're going to see the edge rushers dominate this draft throughout. And that's kind of how we have this draft going too. And while I think the tackles, the top three tackles of Neil Kwanu and uh, Cross are probably all top 10 players, the need to get pressure on the quarterback takes precedent first, which allows Neil to fall here to the Giants, and it's a fantastic fit for them uh, as well. Now, on the clock, Carolina Panthers. Psych, actually, we have our first trade here. Now, earlier in the draft, you had Tavon, uh, Trayvon Walker going to the Houston Texans, and I have the Houston Texans trading up to Carolina here now. I get it. I could be doing fan service here because a trade down is what we think is going to happen. Why wouldn't they just draft Kenny Pickett? They need a quarterback. I believe that the Carolina Panthers were in a couple years ago on Herbert and then missed him. And then they were in on Trey Lance and missed him. And they were in on Malik Willis. And now they've missed him because of that. I don't think Carolina is this team as we've seen in the past, that is just going to go to their next best option. I think if they're in on a guy and they think they're going to get him and they don't, then they just move. That's what I think is going to happen here. So what I have happening, see the graphic here up. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, I'll go through it with you. So the Carolina Panthers are going to fall to pick number 13 with the Houston Texans. They're going to gain uh, pick number 80, which is a third round pick from Houston. And they're going to gain a 2023 first round pick, which actually is going to be Cleveland's pick because Houston wants to be in control of their own destiny. So they get Cleveland's pick, which is projected to be a mid to late pending. Uh, and then Houston, what they're going to get from this is they're going to get pick six. They're going to move up these spots. And then they're also going to gain a fifth round pick, pick 149 from Carolina. Last year, we saw the Dolphins and the Eagles flip-flop from, I think it was Dolphins and Eagles, pick six and 12. It was a similar package that happened here. For Houston Texans, I, I have them taking Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh, the, the number one corner in the draft. Some people argue that he's number two, number three. I think he's the best corner in the draft. He's, he's never even seen the end zone as a defender, you know, unless he's getting a pick six. But here's the thing. 6'3", 190 pounds, compares to Richard Sherman. Uh, he is, that, he is the, the press man coverage cornerback. He is a guy that is going to be in your face. And I think the Houston Texans have an opportunity here with the extra picks that they've gained from Cleveland is that they still get to draft two guys this year. It really only costs them a third uh, and a future first, and they gain a fifth. So it's really, they're just moving down that third. They're just getting rid of an extra pick that they gained from Cleveland, that they, they have a lot more picks from Cleveland to come. And this year gives them potentially the best pass rusher and potentially the best uh, pass defender uh, in Gardner. And I just think for the Texans to kind of build fast, I think they need to get elite players. And I think by them doing this and having this ability, 
they get a faster rebuild that I think puts them above the above the Jags initially and can move them closer to the Titans and Colts. I would be able to get this talent a little later and Mm -hmm. still address a huge need. I think that is absolutely uh, perfect for them. Uh, He is a huge asset uh, to have on his team. He is a freak as a defensive back. Uh, He's got that big, long athletic build. He's going to be able to match up with the bigger receivers. He's got a nice wingspan. So I, I think this is a great pick. Like I said, I had him going three, but, you know, with this trade and being able to get him later, I love this. I love this value right here. Yeah, and he's he's also really uh, really good in the run game as well, uh, offering that run support on the outside. He's able to press guys really well. I just I think he, I think this will paired with Walker is going to make this Texans defense look really good next year, and I think this will really pay off in like the twenty twenty three season. We'll see a huge payoff for them. Number seven pick, you're the New York Giants. Now, as we were talking about this, you were you were a little upset because. Gardner's falling right now. Carolina's not going to take a corner. They just took one last year. You're going to get right. him at seven. I just saw the opportunity. That's why this trade happened because the Giants were locked in on a corner right here with already going offensive line. You had to swerve and kind of go a different direction, but it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, I actually sent a lot of explosive in our, our chat to you once I, <laughs> I realized that Gardner was falling. He was slipping. Then you made the trade to move up ahead of me which is something that you will actually probably see in draft day. You're going to mm-hmm. see trades like this happen. Uh, so with the Giants pretty much inevitably losing Bradbury, they're going to need to fill that number one uh, defensive back position mm-hmm. uh, corner. So I went with uh, Stingley out of LSU. I think he is a slight downgrade from Gardner, but I still think he's got the athleticism to fit in with this giant secondary. The giant secondary is a good secondary that's going to need a number one because Bradbury's all but out the door. Yeah, and it was six foot, 190, um, just a little bit shorter uh, than Gardner, but he is uh, he's extremely physical. Um, he's really good in press. I think that he's going to allow this, you know, Giants pass rush to be what it is, their front seven to be what it is. But I think that you need to be able to lock down guys. Um, and I mean, every it's kind of hard to say it's like, oh, in this division, so good. It's every team is good at almost everything. There's these guys are all elite prospects and players, yeah. all in the pros. But I mean, he's gonna have to sit here and he's gonna have to guard, you know, CD Lamb, you have Terry McLaurin, uh, you have Devontae Smith, you have three young guys, McLaurin ish, uh, that have some great speed and great separation. Now, the biggest concern here with Stingley is durability. He's only played in 10 yeah. games the past two years, but a lot of times we can see that's just kind of maybe himself shutting himself down because he knows where he's going to go in the NFL. Uh, the fact that he's still ranked in like the top 15 uh, across all boards, I see him ranked in top 15 everywhere, uh, shows that the durability really isn't a much of a question, and these aren't like serious injuries that we're really worried about. It's just kind of a monetary concern. And I think it's a fantastic pick for the Giants here, who, even though they have to swerve a little bit, that's not a bad thing. All right, here we are with the number eight pick, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that I think could move up potentially and maybe get a quarterback. I don't know. Maybe maybe they just sit and wait. Maybe they drop down. Uh, maybe they get a receiver. They have so many needs. This Atlanta team is on a trajectory to draft number one overall next year. 
I think so. I think they're like looking like a two to three win team. I don't trust. I don't like Mariota. That's me personally. Uh, biggest needs are receiver, um, a defensive tackle, an edge rusher, and probably a quarterback, and probably another receiver on top of that. And I think with them needing multiple receivers, I don't really, I don't, I don't like their situation there. Uh, they, they, Kyle Pitts is is the only guy they got there, and I think that if you're going to kind of temporarily use Mariota establish some pass catchers so the next quarterback that comes in that rookie that you get uh, later in the draft or next year has some established guys to catch the ball and i think right now potentially best remaining guy garrett wilson six foot 183 pound receiver out of ohio state compares i've seen comparisons um let's see i've seen like robert woods as a comparison um which i think he's gonna be a better player than robert woods Essentially, what I've seen is he's a guy that is going to be a number one receiver in the NFL. I think that the number one receiver spot in the draft is Garrett Wilson. And I think everybody else after that, you can mix and match two through six. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. But I think Wilson is a surefire guy. And if he doesn't go number four to the Jets, I think right here in Atlanta, you just got to take him. You have Kyle Pitts. And I got to have Garrett Wilson. You have two really good receivers that have big play abilities. Um, they, you know, they have really good acceleration and good speed. And I think the biggest thing that we see from here is even though he's not the most imposing receiver size-wise when you look at his size, he has great body control with that ball as well. And his uh, yak is insane. Yeah. He has very elusive speed. And it's that speed that's really tricky that you don't realize until you see him make his cuts. By the time, by the time and, you see him off of his cut and his break and, and you notice it, it's probably too late. Right. Uh, so, you know, he's going to he's going to be facing a lot of press coverage and DB's going to have to get physical with him to make up for that elusiveness and that quick step. Um, he has a good plant. He comes off his routes really crisp. I think this is a great setup for Atlanta to get him at this spot uh, because, yeah, you're going to have to have uh, someone to catch the ball outside of pits because right now, Pitts is all they got. If you're not going to get your quarterback now, establish everything around the quarterback to make it better for when you do get him. Uh, and let's go ahead and let's move on to pick number nine in the Seattle Seahawks who get this pick from the Denver Broncos. After trading away Russell Wilson, franchise reset mode. They officially just reset. Uh, they have a couple older pieces they're still stuck with, but you could have went anywhere with this pick. I mean, we were talking maybe an offensive tackle, Maybe they just get that quarterback now and they just whatever, or maybe they get an edge rusher that they really need. Those are top three needs for them. Uh, they could be trading away DK. So maybe they get another receiver here and, you know, we're going to you know, transition them out. What do you have the Seahawks do? I have them going D and uh, going uh, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Uh, this is something that uh, prior to free agency, Pete Carroll uh, was high on looking at getting. Um, an edge rusher to help that defense. So I think this is a good fit. Uh, Johnson is, is a good um, off the edge rusher that you're going to be able to count on to contain quarterbacks because that NFC West quarterback room <laughs> is, is scary. Um, you have a lot of mobile quarterbacks and so you're going to need to contain them. So getting a, getting a, Nice um, D and edge rusher here helps, you know, contain a mobile quarterback in that division. 
he's got good speed. He's got uh, a good head on his shoulder. So I think this makes a lot of sense. I think we're going to see a lot of people that are kind of surprised here because, like, I was kind of surprised. Me personally, I would have had uh, Seattle going for an offensive tackle here just with Equanu uh, uh, and Cross still being there. But getting the pass rusher, um, we're kind of tailoring this draft here that that's the focus that teams are going with is establishing that pass rush. Talking about Jermaine Johnson, this guy, Florida State, was dead in the water, you know, last year. They're a mad team, high, like high intensity year round, didn't stop playing. He averaged over like 60 plus snaps a game, which shows that he is, he's, he, he's durable. He's able to play. He's got good stamina. Um, he's able to consistently get pass rush pressure, whether it's first quarter or fourth quarter. Um, he's good with his hands as well. And he's, he's really quick off the snap. And while I do think that offensive tackle would be the best move for him here, I'm not mad with them getting an edge rusher because I do think it's a big need and you can establish this and kind of build up this defense a little bit and maybe have plans for a quarterback down the road and an offensive tackle down the road. Having those two second round picks does help make this pick a little easier. Uh, And either way, you're getting a top 10 talent if you go tackle or edge rusher here. Yes, New York Jets back on the clock, pick number 10. And like I said earlier, they could go receiver at four, but let's look at who's below them. Nobody's really going to take a receiver. Okay, Atlanta strikes and they get Garrett Wilson. So what do you do? You swerve and you go get another guy that maybe is better than Garrett Wilson. I mean, we don't know. I don't think so, but maybe. And they're going to draft wide receiver uh, Drake London here. Now, I think that them getting, they, they want a receiver. Now, this pick right here is what I might be projecting could get traded for Debo Samuel because the Jets really want another receiver. I don't know why. I mean, I, I like Corey Davis. I, I like Braxton Burroughs. I like Elijah Moore. Um, I'm, I'm still on that, you know, I'm still in that train of like, those guys are good. They just brought in uh, Uzuma from Cincinnati. They brought in Conklin from Minnesota. They have some good pass catchers there, but they want more. All right, fair enough. So they go out and they get Drake London who is a pretty imposing wide receiver, uh, played at USC. He, he dominated this past year. Um, what do you play? Like he, I think I saw this thing. I don't have it exactly written down, and I should. But I think he played in like eight games, had like 80-plus receptions, had over 1,000 yards, like double-digit touchdowns. Um, he's an elite red zone threat, 6'4", 219, compares to Mike Evans, uh, which means he won't be Mike Evans because nobody's Mike Evans, but um, there's no way he's that, he's that consistent and good. But he has that big body that you want your, your, you know, your receivers to have in the red zone to just be an easy target for Zach Wilson to go to time and time again. It's basically a pivot. And I, I like London. Yes. Uh, I, like I, think, I, think, I think what you said earlier, the two through six receivers, uh, we're going to see this coming uh, for, to mm-hmm. fruition here soon um, in the next couple of picks. I think they're all interchangeable. I don't think that there's a... I, I think that their ceiling is going to be tied to their landing spot. Uh, I yes. think that one of the mismatch ability, he's got very strong hands. He's got mm-hmm. good body control uh, for jump balls and stuff. I'm not really sold on the Mike Evans comparison. Yeah, um, that's that's what Matt Miller has and everything. I'm I'm just giving it so we yeah, have some no, kind uh, of yeah area. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying I, I'm I'm not. I think Evans is a more physical. Yes. So, so I, I think that, you know, that, that comparison that he has is kind of lofty, but I think this is a good fit. This gives uh, a, a top for sure wide receiver one for Wilson to throw to. 
For the first time ever, the Washington Commanders will be making a pick in the NFL draft. As the Commanders here at pick number 11, they need some receivers. Issues maybe Terry McLaurin as well, you know, once a big contract. Offensive tackle, uh, they could use another tight end because the durability of Logan Thomas isn't there. You know, he's kind of getting hurt. They need that, they need that, that anchor on defense and inside linebacker. Uh, they could use another corner. They could use another safety, uh, another guy in the back to kind of help out. A lot of big needs here. Williams out of Alabama is the wide receiver to take here. Uh, he did get injured in the national championship game, uh, but I think that he is one of those talents that he's got great uh, breakaway speed when not injured. Uh, he's got great size at 6'2". He, he's an electro, uh, electric playmaker. So I think this gives you weapons. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm counting on him to play this year. Uh, to go opposite of McLaurin, or even, you know, if they can't work out a deal to take over over for McLaurin in the future. So I think mm. this is a wide receiver that fits the offense. Um, Wentz is a serviceable quarterback. Uh, a lot of people shit on him. I don't know why. But he is a serviceable quarterback, and he's going to need weapons around him. So I think this is a great time to address that. And luckily, we we're in 2022 where an ACL injury, while it's uh, a mark on these players, it's not like we're in the 80s and 90s where it's like a detriment. And you're like, oh, no, their career is over. They're never going to walk again. If he plays this year, cool. If he doesn't, cool. I think this is a situation where they're going to take the risk on um, getting a, a, a high-valued player that is falling because of his injury, where I think that he would be in the conversation for the number one wide receiver if this ACL injury did not exist. That's just me. He could have not played in the national title game, the national championship, and never tore his ACL and just like sat out the whole playoffs. And I think him and Garrett Wilson will be arguing for number one receiver. Now let's go ahead and move on to number 12. And we have our second trade. The Minnesota Vikings are going to trade down with the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't let anybody else trade up to get this guy. He's fallen too far. And the Philadelphia Eagles are going to trade away pick 15 first round, pick 83, third round, and pick 166, fifth round. In return, Minnesota is going to trade away, pick 12, first round, and pick 154, fifth round. So Philly gets to move up a combined, I think, like 12, 13 spots, uh, and then they give up a third round pick in return. Minnesota gets to move down because they see the available players. They think they're going to be able to get a guy they really like. So they do. And now what we have happen is the Philadelphia Eagles go in and they get Kyle Hamilton, Safety out of Notre Dame. Some people have him as the best player in this draft, top five. He has fallen because safety is a hard position to draft high. We've seen it before, but Philly, Philly goes up and gets their guy. They get a guy that they really need that has fallen for too far. Maybe this doesn't make any sense for Minnesota to do this deal, but I just kind of see a trade happening with Philly moving up to get a top-tier guy with seeing, you know, we've seen a couple teams that could use a safety pass on him. Let's go ahead and jump in there now before anybody else jumps. Uh, sometimes team needs overshadow a player's talent. And, you know, that that will come into play here. But I like this pick. I like the trade up to get this pick. Um, in the NFC uh, East, you do have some solid wide receivers that you're going to have to uh, cover. So I like this pick. I think it makes a lot of sense uh, on the Philadelphia side. And Minnesota still got, like, they can play around and with the draft capital because they have so much of it in this draft, which is a, is a fairly deep draft for a lot of their needs. Yeah, and with, with Philly here, 
Philly needs, they need like a safety. They need a cornerback. They need some linebacker play. So why not get a guy that can kind of do all those things? Uh, Kyle Hamilton here is 6'4", 220 pounds. He is, um, I, we, I, we can't really compare him to anybody. Uh, Matt Miller gives a Derwin James uh, comparison, which might just be to like his, like his ball hawk ability and like his versatility. Um, fantastic arm length. Uh, he's a decently fast player. He's not really, that's like a need of his. Uh, but he, he picked up eight passes. Let's see, what is this? Eight passes, yeah, eight interceptions, 31 games. Uh, he pretty much is a dominant force in the run game uh, for support there. He helps out in the back end. He's going to be able to, to just be one of those guys that's going to, especially in the red zone, post up with the opposing receivers that are going to try and just back into that end zone. So right now we did a little flip-flop. Carolina Panthers are back on the clock with that trade they did with the Houston Texans earlier. And now this is a spot where the two things could happen. Carolina could either draft a top need, which is still quarterback and tackle, or they're going to continue to trade down and gain more assets later in the draft and in next year's draft as well. Uh, last year, we saw Scott Fitter, uh, brand new general manager for the Carolina Panthers, make like eight draft day trades or eight or nine draft day trades. Uh, he just all over the place of trades. He made like 14 total trades last year in his first year as general manager. He's wanting to always go, go, go and get some value. However, right now, Akeem Aquanu, starting left tackle for the New Carolina Panthers here, 6'4", 310 out of North Carolina State. He compares to Tristan Wirfs. I think getting this guy here who should have went multiple other places. They could have drafted him at six. Would have made sense. And I think defensive pressure, getting those edge rushers, is forcing some of these tackles down. And I think we're going to see one of those two things is going to happen. Either the tackles are going to dominate early and value for edge rushers is going to fall and people are going to get them later, or edge rushers are going to get drafted early, and we're going to see that value in tackles fall. I think it's one of the two is going to get. Carolina yeah. needs a starting tackle. They get their guy right here. Yeah, and this is a player we, we debated uh, that you said you can't believe he was sliding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we said, yeah, he, he has multiple places he could go, but the way that we was going to draft, the way we see things falling, this was the we didn't see him going past this. And I think this is a steal for Carolina mm-hmm. uh, because they do need that offensive line help, uh, especially if they're keeping McCaffrey there. Uh, if they, you know, they're bringing in, you know, a young quarterback, which we expect to happen. Um, this is this makes a lot of sense to get this talent at this position, not let him slide further than this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, he's a top 10 talent, but situational needs. Um, we see a lot of things going on. And it, like I said, it is not a detriment to his abilities. It's filling positions that we see need to be addressed earlier with that talent uh, is, is a steal for Carolina. And I think real quick, so we can clarify on why Carolina traded down. Why Carolina, and this is for me, this could be fan service, so it's hard for me to, I don't want to, I'm glad you're saying this is a good pick and everything and that you could have seen him going earlier and everything. And I, I honestly did. When we made this trade, I was like, they're going to miss out on him. They might get crossed, but they're probably going to get Penny at 13. That's what I was thinking was going to happen. Kind of spoiler on where I have these guys ranked. I believe Carolina is going to get Baker Mayfield. I really do. Um, or Jimmy G at a discounted price. I just see that happening. Carolina is like one of the only teams in the NFL right now that has enough cap space to absorb either contract without having to restructure or have the other team take anything on. So those options are there. 
if they do that, I think both those those quarterbacks are an upgrade over Darnold. And even if they even if they don't get those guys, they went out and they signed Bradley Bozeman uh, away from Baltimore. They took uh, Austin uh, Corbett from the Rams, so they improved their right guard and center. Uh, Taylor Moten is still there at right tackle, fantastic right side. Left side needs to be addressed here. There's some guys that could work. Uh, we saw like uh, Eflin do all right. Cameron Irving's still there. Brady Christensen, third round pick last year, left tackle. Uh, but I think Iquanu just slides in as a day one starter. And if you normally, normally when you're watching his highlight tapes, like if you watch any of those, like you're like, oh, watch the receivers, watch the running backs, quarterbacks. This is actually an offensive lineman. You could actually watch his, his highlight tape and you'd yeah. come away amazed. He pancakes so many guys. He has good footwork, good length, uh, good uh, arm strength as well. Um, he's really good in the run game as well, which helps Christian McCaffrey. Overall, I think it's a great pick for Carolina here at 13. All right, now here we go. Pick number 14, Baltimore Ravens on the clock. They, some places say they need a receiver. I don't know about that. Um, they maybe could use a number, another guy, but I, I like Brown. I like Bateman. Uh, they have Mark Andrews. I think they're fine there. They could use another center after losing Bozeman. They could use some edge rusher um, and maybe some interior defensive lineman as well. But let's see where you go. I, I took Charlie Cross right here um, because Lamar does need some protection. Uh, they need to upgrade to protect him. Um, and I think the this is one of those, you know, best player available in a position that we need to upgrade. It's not really a need, but it's a, it's an asset to get a player of this caliber in this position. Uh, so that's why I think they pull the, the trigger and take cross right here. Yeah. And I think a big thing is that um, Ryan Stanley is their starting left tackle right now, but he does have some injury history. Uh, Morgan Moses is working with Juwan James uh, as a starting right tackle kind of, but I think both those guys, you could shift them in. Um, you could work somewhere else with them. They need to upgrade their left guard big time, I think, and center. Uh, but I, I think getting a guy you can start a right tackle for you that is an upgrade over Morgan Moses, uh, even though he's kind of played a little bit better since he's been drafted. It's kind of been a, a roller coaster for him. Cross is too good to pass up here. And that, that's what I see what you're doing with this pick. And it makes sense for me. Uh, we see Charles Cross, you know, compared to, you know, Teron Armstead. Uh, he's he's a, a pretty good run blocker he fits in a uh, uh, zone heavy run schemes and i think that with lamar with this running back group that they have back there it's always a group uh this is a good pick for them here as well i'm not against it um especially with how many we've already seen four edge rushers go ahead of them and i think that's what kind of sucks for them really like they would really love seattle to go offensive alignment so jermaine johnson could fall to them unfortunately they don't get that guy and i think the gap between johnson and the next edge rusher is a little bit bigger, so take the value where you got it here. Now, Minnesota Vikings traded down to 15. They have a lot of they have a lot of things they can go get. They don't really have like a, a specific need. I think this team uh, has worked on improving the offensive line. I've I've seen some people sit out there and go, you know what? They should just go get a receiver in the first round. Go get a receiver and just just score more points than everybody else. Who cares on defense? But I think what they need to do is they need to kind of get back to having a really good defensive line, which Minnesota Vikings used to have. There was like a 10-year period where their defensive line was just beast. It was unstoppable. And I do like that they have, you know, Dalvin uh, Thompson there uh, that can work inside, but they could improve backside of that. They don't really have anybody else. So for me, I'm just going best player available. And best player available here is Jordan Davis. Interior defensive lineman, 
out of Georgia, disrupt it. And for some reason, we're not seeing these interior defense linemen getting drafted high, but I think he could be a top 10 player in this draft. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, and like I said, a lot of teams do need that edge rusher. So the interior defensive linemen are kind of getting uh, pushed to the, to the side and not getting the recognition. He is a he's a huge talent. I think Minnesota does need that interior help uh, in in the conference. I mean, you're facing you know Green Bay, uh, Chicago with Montgomery. You got Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Um, so I, I think an interior presence is solid. Uh, you know, you got Dalvin Cook, uh, Matson. You know, you've got a solid. Uh, you know, this is a a division that has a lot of interior running backs. Mm-hmm. So being able to address that, especially in Minnesota, helps them with their running back situation because if you clog up the lanes, you're going to be able to ha- control that ball possession to have your running backs on the field. You don't have to win foot races. Uh, I think that's the best option for them. So... That's why this pick makes a lot of sense to me. And what it also does here is it, it allows um, Eric Kendricks to just kind of, he can play in his, his role, his zone properly. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm just saying he doesn't have to worry about what's in front of him, you know, getting through. Because not only is Jordan Davis a massive individual, it's 6'6", 341, <laughs> and he ran that 47840, which is amazing, which is cool for, you know, pursuit and everything. Uh, he compares the Nagata as well, so nice comp there. But he's got really long arms as well. And I think that's nice because when you're getting blocked, if you can reach out and just slow a running back down by like one step that allows your linebackers in that second unit to get in there and make that tackle. So they don't gain a lot of yards or it stops them at the line. And I think he's going to be a presence that is going to open up the outside for Minnesota um, who just, who just, um, you know, brought in uh, Smith, the pass rusher and Hunter on the other side. It's just going to allow them to kind of, get to the quarterback more and disrupt Aaron Rodgers is the big thing here that we're seeing. I just think the value here for Davis is just too good for Minnesota to pass up. And it just establishes that interior defensive line and allows them to get better pass rush, better coverage from their linebackers. He's just going to be a force in the NFL. Now let's move forward. We are down to new Orleans. This is where it gets interesting because now we have new Orleans. They have two picks in the next four here. A lot of things they can go for. Do they, do they believe in Jameis Winston? do they actually go out and finally get another receiver opposite of Michael Thomas? You know, um, are they going to get younger on defense? They just lost Armstead. Maybe they need an offensive tackle. I mean, all those things they need, they need pass rush. They need an upgraded receiver. They need another tackle. They need maybe a quarterback. Let's talk about their first pick here in the first round. I've got to take a quarterback. I've got to go and pick it. I think this is the right fit for him Mm -hmm. um, because I think if he doesn't go here, then you're going to see an aggressive Pittsburgh trying to move up, uh, trying to bounce up. So I think it's a really good place to put him. He still has, he's still a little rough on the edges. So he doesn't immediately have to step into that role with Winston there. Yeah. But I think this is a player that you get, you get the value. You he's holding the clipboard. For a season, learning the offense, getting acclimated to the NFL, and he's going to be your franchise signal caller uh, in the future. 
And you don't know how Winston's going to recover. We don't know if he's going to get back to where he's at. Now, a big knock on Kenny Pickett is his age. He is, I think he's like a year younger than Sam Darnold, um, for reference. Uh, and I think that's a big knock on him here. He played at Pittsburgh. He was pretty good. He's got small hands. I mean, the only the comparable hand size of quarterbacks in the NFL that are starter-ish is Taysom Hill. But I think we're seeing the Saints moving away from that project they had there. Jameis Winston, we don't know if the health, like I said, is going to continue. Uh, Michael Thomas should be coming back. He has a good pass catcher in Alvin Kamara. Um, he's, he's really, he's a, he's a quick quarterback. He can read pretty well, get out of the pocket if he needs to. Uh, he compares to Kirk Cousins in some aspects um, is what I'm seeing here. But the biggest, it, biggest thing for them is that he has that extra layer of being able to move out of the pocket and take off as a runner. He's not afraid to just go get a first down. Uh, and that's what we're seeing here. I mean, he even, he even risked his body by, I know people don't like it, that little like fake slide thing, which I don't even think it was a fake slide. I think he just juked out the guy with a, with a hesitation is what I thought of. Um, but people don't like this quarterback class. I don't think that means the quarterbacks are bad. I think that we're just saying that they're not as elite as Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Like we're not seeing that, but they're still good quarterbacks. And I think at 6'3", 217, it gives the Saints something they need, which is a, a taller quarterback that is going to be able to learn for a year. And, and if it, it, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, and, uh, you know, everybody knocks on the age that you brought up. Mm-hmm. Maturity in the NFL is go a long way. Yes. Uh, so, you know, you have that le- le- level of maturity because, you know, some of these kids are coming in and that's what they are, they're kids. Yes. Uh, so that level of maturity that, uh, leadership that comes with uh, a little bit more life experience, not necessarily gameplay experience, but life experience mm. can transition and can help. And, and I agree with that. And I think that's, that's, that is a big thing for them here. And I think that I, I think Kenny Pickett to the Saints is, is going to be a popular pick. Now we could see an aggressive Pittsburgh, like we said, maybe move up, but we, we might just let them, they might just sit and just kind of see what happens. And they might think right now he's going to fall. Saints go out to get their guy of the future. Now, moving on to pick 17, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. And now they, they have got to get over this hump. They are the ultimate, we think this team is really good team, but doesn't actually win a lot of games. And they've got to win more games. And I think what they need is they just need somebody on their defense that is going to come on in and he's going to be a leader from day one. And he's going to take over this team on the defensive side and really help them out. They need, they need defense all over the place. They could use another tackle opposite of Slater. But we have them going out and getting Devin Lloyd, inside linebacker out of Utah. Some people are saying he's second best linebacker, best linebacker. I don't think it matters. You just need a leader back there, and that's what Devin Lloyd is going to do. Go ahead and talk about Devin Lloyd going to the Chargers. Uh, I love this pick. Devin Lloyd is somebody that, uh, like you said, could come in and be an uh, impact player on this team i mean you got bosa there that and him and bosa paired up together is going to be scary because i think it's an immediate splash pick that mm-hmm. is going to be a day one starter week one starter mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna boost this defense into that next level and let the chargers realize their potential and i understand that they have kenneth murray who's right there but uh drew tranquil they can upgrade over that spot right there at linebacker. 
and have two guys in Murray and Lloyd here that are going to command the middle that are going to allow Bosa and Mac on the edge to get a lot of pressure. Um, I, I don't think, I think if Jordan Davis would have fell here, that'd have been a fantastic pick for them as well. Uh, but they have Tillery as well, you know, uh, maybe a cornerback, but they just went out and they just signed JC Jackson. I like Asante Samuel in the slot there as well for them. Cornerback. Uh, I really think this team is in a situation where they're just going to get rich. Philadelphia Eagles pick 18 here. And we kind of talked about they need, they need, they need defensive backs. And we already got them their safety. They got another pick here. I, I, I think I, that I think they're going to, they're going to keep going this way. Yeah. Uh, I took McDuffie right here. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a, uh, this, this is a solid uh, coverage guy that you're going to see paired up in this because the NFC East is, is not a really high caliber offensive. Yeah. As of now, like Sling yeah. ball, you have one, you have one or two playmakers at wide receiver, but this is uh, a Philadelphia Eagles team that you get two of the two of the top five defensive backs in this draft, arguably. Mm -hmm. That's that's a win I, immediately. You know, you get two of the top five defensive backs in a, in, a, in this draft class to build upon with your defense. How can you not jump on that opportunity? Yeah, and I I do think um I do think that he he profiles better in the slot. Um, but right now they have like, uh, I don't even think so. I'm just going to kind of go off this. I, I don't really know who to slot in as their number two receiver. Uh, obviously they have Maddox playing the slot right now and they have Slay on one side. After that, it's a who's who like McPherson is there going. I, I don't, there's nobody that I stands out to me. And I just think with them going in with McDuffie, it helps him get a guy that is going to just, just go out there and just, he's going to make tackles because that's what he does best. Um, he's really good play recognition. He does well in zone. Um, I think overall, in most drafts, he would probably get drafted higher, like top 10-ish, if there weren't two like studs in front of him. Uh, but ultimately, I think he can play opposite of Darius Slay, and then he can move into the slot on situations where they need to. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be really beneficial for them. Uh, and if you're playing down the line, like this is good for them. We know that they're probably going to move on from Jalen Hurts next year. So why not beef up that defense a little bit while you can? And I think they get to benefit from just sitting back and getting the third best corner falling into their laps here. Now, New Orleans Saints are back on the clock. And as we said before, same thing, same needs. Kenny Pickett is your quarterback of the future. We know this now. You drafted him. So what do you do when you draft your quarterback of the future? You will get him as weapons of the future. Mike Thomas is, you know, he's not old. He's not young. Like Michael Thomas, he's old. He's, he's getting up there in age. Not really old, but so why not go on and get the guy that maybe has, I don't know. It's like, he's got really good high upside. He's got a really good high floor. I think he's a, a pretty safe receiver for me. I like his talent, six foot tall, 187 pounds, Chris Olave out of Ohio state. I think maybe would maybe be like the number one receiver in this draft. If he wasn't overshadowed by Wilson, it's kind of like a, this is not saying they're the same Wilson and Olave, but this is kind of like, Justin Jefferson was kind of overshadowed because of Jamar Chase in college. So when he went to go get drafted, we didn't realize that he was actually just as elite. And that's what I think a lot yeah. of this thing is here. Um, he, he, he accelerates really well um, off his cuts. Uh, he is just, I don't know, he's really elusive. I think that he, 
the way he runs is just like it's so fluid and i really think that it's going to help playing with michael thomas as well and it's going to create mismatches but it's also going to give kenny pickett a guy that he can really trust and grow with and i like this combo that we have here with them yeah um alave is is one of those players that is overshadowed by the other talent in the pool yeah um and you know the just jeff's comparison is 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 a good one because you have that that elite receiver but you don't know how special the other people are until you you get past that and i think this is um a very good uh comparison because he does have elusive speed he's got he's very athletic mm-hmm. he can stretch the field playing and the the saints are shaping up to be be very big winners in this draft yeah and i think the biggest thing too is that even though like a lot of people are like why would the saints trade away their first round pick next year they're not gonna be very good the saints don't think that i mean no team thinks that but like the saints have been good for so long they're not thinking that they're going to be rebuilding at all they're just going to retool so I think that's that's the move here why they're going to go for this aggressive move of getting the quarterback to learn for a year and then get the receiver to help out Winston now and then transition Pickett as well. That's the move we're going with here. Could go a couple different ways. They could try and trade up. Kind of felt good for them. Now, number 20, Pittsburgh Steelers are up. And they missed out on Kenny Pickett. They were calm. They were patient. They thought he would fall. Maybe Saints pass, go off its lineman. They sit in their patient. Uh, so here we are at the 20th pick. Pittsburgh Steelers need really nothing tremendously right now. We think Mitch Trubisky should play better. Uh, a year in Buffalo is probably enough to get him away from that, get that, you know, pretty much get that naggy off of him um, and allow him to uh, play better, we think. And he could, and it's a good system. It's a good program, a good team. They could probably use an upgraded tackle. They could use another safety. Uh, they could maybe use, you know, a, a nose tackle in there potentially. Um, but ultimately, they, this team is pretty well built to succeed right now. So let's go ahead and go with their pick at number 20. Yeah, I'm going with uh, an upgraded tackle with uh, Trevor Pinning uh, out of Northern Iowa. I think uh, it makes sense um, mm. to get younger, to, to help this because – uh, an offensive line in Pittsburgh is something that they do do well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is a good spot for him to go grow and set up for the future. Um, you know, with Najee Harris being in the backfield, he's going to be a bell cow. You're going to need that, that interior lineman. Uh, well, the ex, uh, that overall lineman that's going to be able to open up holes. It's going to be able to push people around and, Penn has great size and above average speed uh, to go with the athleticism. So I think this makes a lot of sense for Pittsburgh, especially missing out on, on the quarterback. I don't think that they want to rush things. And I think that they want to make sure that they, they get younger in some key positions for when they do go for a, a uh, quarterback. Yeah. It's six, seven, uh, 325 pounds out of Northern Iowa. Uh, he is a beast in the run game. Really strong run blocker. Um, he does place himself um, in bad situations sometimes on uh, pass protection, um, but he quickly adjusts to that. We see 
the biggest thing about this too, as we look at it, is that uh, he's got strong hands. Uh, he has great size. He has pretty good speed uh, and, uh, for his feet, you know, being able to quickly you know, be agile and everything. And I think that he has the ability to develop into a better pass blocker as well. But this team is going to run the ball a lot. I think they are going to abuse Najee Harris through his rookie contract. And I wouldn't be surprised if Najee Harris has in the next three years, 1400 total touches. Like they're, he's going to get abused a lot. And uh, with that being said, I just think that this is a good pick for them. They miss out on the quarterback, go and get your guy on the, on the uh, offensive line that could start at either tackle spot. Um, and I, I really like, I just like this move for the Steelers. It's a, it's a safe move. It's a move that we could see them make. And it kind of shows that maybe they trust Trubisky or, I mean, this team is built pretty well. We're being realistic. They just made the playoffs with, with the shell of big Ben at quarterback. Yeah. We're being honest. And so, you know, getting a good player that you could develop into a really good pass blocker who, I mean, he kind of, his comp comp is Nate Solder, um, which is uh, maybe, um, Matt Miller's all over the place with these comps. But, um, I, you know, I, I like him in the run game. You got Najee Harris. You're going to use him. You need to protect Trubisky if you're going to. Upgrade what you can. Good move for them. Now, this is very hard for me. I believe the New England Patriots um, are a team that is going to want to maybe move up. They have a lot of guys that they profile uh, really highly and that we think that they would go out and go get. Now, guys like, like Jordan Davis, the guy they would probably go and get. Uh, they really like um, Nicobe Dean. Uh, they like, you know, linebacker position. They like these guys that can kind of do a bunch of things. Maybe call Hamilton, Hamilton, which would be kind of scary in Bilicek's offense or defense. I mean, but what we have them doing here is we have them kind of sitting back and they didn't really do much to kind of make up for losing uh, JC Jackson. And so we're going to do that right now. Let's go ahead and give them potentially some people say maybe the second best corner in the draft, but right now he's quarterback cornerback four and that's gonna be andrew booth jr six foot 194 out of clemson um he's got good body control really good uh you know attacking the receiver at the line of scrimmage uh he can play all over the place for them and he's a guy that's willing to get in there and make tackles which i think is a big thing for a lot of um cornerbacks like we see cornerbacks that make big plays in college but they're not really like willing tacklers even though it's kind of like their job they're not great at yeah. tackling and that's kind of where people are like well it's okay because he gets interceptions or pass deflection but you don't always get interception you don't always get a pass deflection so can you make those tackles and he does that really really well as on top of that and i i just kind of like how he kind of fits on this team and he replaces an immediate need that needs to be fixed for this patriots team yeah and i think this is one of those players that tailored to this defense will will definitely flourish um he paired with belichick he's going to be able to be a ball hawk uh and mix it up with the receivers um now granted you know receivers are a little bit bigger and a little bit more physical in the nfl than the acc but mm-hmm. i think this is you know his ball hawk ability his uh, ability to be able to mix it up in with Belichick to be able to groom him into the type of player that he needs to be in this uh, defense, uh, I think is going to be special. And I think this is a good landing spot for him to be able to transition well and be a 
a upper tier uh, player in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I just think the, it's just a need for the Patriots, and they really gotta they gotta go out there and they've gotta address this. And if they don't do it here, they're gonna do it in the second round. Um, I can't find a good pro comp for him. Um, if anybody has it out there, I believe you. Uh, for me, he's just a, he's just a starting caliber cornerback uh, in the NFL, and it's something that I think we're gonna see Belichick try out and go go and get these high end athletes as well. Now, pick number twenty two. Um, I was actually speaking with a Green Bay Packers fan while we were doing this mock. Really interesting. We were talking about what he thinks they're going to get, and um, he's not going to be happy with your pick. I'm letting you know this. But I, I know you told me. You actually told me. You was actually wondering how I was able to read your messages when I made this pick because you said there's one player he did not want. But and we see this guy. We see this guy. You know, skyrocketing up the draft boards. And again, receiver, where they're going to go, you'll lay it down. But after receivers, one, maybe two or three, it just, it's murk. It's just get your flavor. So that's what the Packers do here. And I think it's going to be Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Um, I think he made a leaps and bounds with his Super uh, Singer Bowl performance. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a good 6'4 frame. Um, and they're got, they've got to replace. Devontae Adam. Now, of course, Aaron Rodgers won the first round receiver in the past. You know, it took them getting rid of Devontae for him to get one. I think this is a, a good fit mm -hmm. because of the style that he plays will fit into this Green Bay offense uh, mm -hmm. a little better than some of the other receivers that's currently on the board. So that's why I went this way. And here's the thing. Fantastic speed can take the top off a of defense pairs well with Aaron Rodgers' arm. They could go lots of different ways here, um, but I think that the I think the biggest thing here is that he's shooting up boards, and right now he's ranked as like a high second round, late first. But if Green Bay really likes him as a receiver, I don't see why they would wait and maybe get him later. Like I don't see why that would make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Why would they wait at twenty eight to get him? When there are other teams behind them that could use a receiver. I think that's just smart. Just go get your guy. Obviously, uh, we have uh, Traylon Burks that's still there. We have uh, John Dotson that's still there. Uh, there's other receivers that they could go and get. Sky Moore is still there. They decided to get a guy that's really fast and everything. And I've heard the Packers fan was saying he's just a, a new version of MBS, which maybe, maybe he is, but he's going to get an opportunity to perform and show that he's not. Uh, I don't really worry about where he played. Um, I think at the at the Senior Bowl, I think his route running looked really good compared to what we were told and what people have been saying. I think he's he moves pretty well for his size as well, and he has an extremely wide catch radius because of that size. And I think that pairing with Aaron Rodgers is the best thing for him. The only thing better than this will be pairing with Tom Brady. So I think getting Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback is going to help him even more. And I mean, we've seen other guys flourish, you know, with Aaron Rodgers that weren't supposed to. And now this guy is going to get every opportunity to do that as well. On the clock, number 23, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, is Kyler Murray going to get traded? I don't really care. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. He unfollowed them. That's what, that's, that's what these kids do nowadays. You really get it, people, by not following them on social media. That's how, that's how you get it, people. 
And he did that. Who cares? We're going to move on. I think he's going to stay. They're not going to trade him. They're going to work it out. It's going to be okay. Now there's talks of Arizona going on and getting a receiver. Well, they just brought back AJ Green. They still have Rondo Moore. Zach Ertz is there. Oh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is still there. I think it's more likely that they just kind of established this defense a little bit. And I think that they are needing to get a little more edge uh, in their division. And with Trey Lance being a guy that can be mobile and move, with Matt Stafford being a really good quarterback in the pocket, why not go out and get an edge rusher? I think it's a big need for them. Uh, they could also go out and get a cornerback. They maybe can get a slot receiver. They need something to replace Christian Kirk. I don't think so. Uh, but for me, what we have them doing is we have them going out and getting uh, George Call office, uh, Loftus, edge rusher, Purdue. Now, a guy that is getting highly overshadowed because he's not the big names that these other guys are, might end up being potentially the best defensive end in, in the pros. Um, he is, is right, right off the snap. He's very explosive. Uh, he pushes off of offensive tackles all the time uh, with a really good bull rush. Uh, he compares to Trey Hendrickson. And just he's got really good size, good pursuit, good strength. Um, I just think that this guy's kind of getting overshadowed because he played at Purdue and he didn't play at the bigger schools like some of the other guys. And he, that's just all it is. But this guy could be a dominant force for the Arizona Cardinals and be an immediate starter on day one. Yeah, I mean, uh, his freshman campaign was monstrous stats mm-hmm. with 17 and a half tackles for a loss. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, a, and if you think about that in Purdue, look at some of the people that they play. They play the Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You play those Big Ten schools. So that's saying a lot just based on the conference you play, getting that many tackles for loss. So I think this is a steal. Uh, I think it's addressing a huge need. Uh, this is a steal. Um, so I really like this pick. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I have no quims about it. I mean, he's, he's going to be an immediate upgrade um, as an edge rusher for them in their 3-4 system. He's got, he's got good enough burst off the snap to replace uh, Kennard or Golden, depending on who they value least out of there. And I think he's going to be an immediate upgrade for them. And he also can maybe offer some insurance you know, for J.J. Watt uh, if another injury happens, and he can play on that line as well. And now, number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. You're up. I, I like this pick going uh, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Uh, I think this fits a definite need for the Cowboys. Uh, he does have some size and length limitations, which could push him uh, to play guard in, uh, for Dallas. Uh, but I, I like this pick uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, I think that it is a better better fit than going, you know, going a receiver um, that, you know, you may be looking at. I think the value is there. And I think Johnson definitely helps this offense to keep Dak upright, like I said earlier. And I think that that's more important than, you know, trying to help out uh, with you having so many weapons already on that offense. Yeah, and I, I think a big thing with Zion Johnson here is that, is that it's not necessarily just about keeping Dak upright. I think that there's a big push and priority on the run game, and I think that they're going to be using Zeke and Pollard a lot, and I, I think that, that just needs to be addressed. They need to, they need to get him up there. Um, he's 
if you don't count Neil, he's probably a, a top, he's maybe the best guard in the draft, pure guard, uh, top two, you could argue either way. Dallas Cowboys are in a safe spot. They can re- they're really going to let this draft come to them. Uh, we've seen them be aggressive in years, but I don't think they ha- this year they don't have to do it at all. And it's going to kind of fall how they need it to. Guards are not going to go early in this draft. And if they do, they can adjust and they can get a tackle. They can get a center. Uh, Lindenberg is also another good pick from here potentially as well. We have another trade. Another trade. Number 25 is there. And we just saw the Packers take Watson and other receivers off the board. That's five gone. Tennessee Titans probably are going to draft a receiver because we don't know what's going on with A.J. Brown. So you know what? Let's be aggressive. So the Indianapolis Colts call the Buffalo Bills and they move up. Buffalo moves down. They've got a really solid team. They've done well in free agency. The Buffalo Bills are going to get picked 42 from the Colts. They're also going to get in the second round. They're also going to get picked 73 in the third round, and they're going to get a 2023 fourth round pick. Now what's going to happen here is the Indianapolis Colts are just going to move up, get picked 25, and they're going to be aggressive. We still don't know what's going to happen with like Hilton. We don't know how it's going to work, and they're going to get a receiver here. Now they've already got Pittman. You know, they've got somebody there, but why not go out and get another guy just to secure Matt Ryan and let's just go all in. So that way your, your wide receivers are built for the next couple of years. Trey Burks, wide receiver of Arkansas, fantastic wide receiver. Uh, he's one of those guys that I think is getting labeled as like maybe a mismatch type guy in the NFL. He is a pro comp to AJ Brown and, you know, 6'2", 225 pounds. He's, he's thick. He's, he's, he's bulky. He's aggressive at winning that ball. Um, he breaks tackles, and I, he, he's, I'm not worried about his 40 time. I think he's, uh, he's one of those guys that when we like watch him play, he's faster than a 4-5-5. Five, five. Uh, and ultimately, I just think this is for the Colts. This is just a, a win for them, and they're just going to be aggressive and go for this division title. Yeah, and um, especially being able to move up in front of a division rival, Mm-hmm. Uh, and still are uh, still somebody that they have on their board on their big board targeting as they as a need uh, kind of sticking it to them. I think that kind of is something that is nice there as well. Plus, I mean, you've got Johnson Taylor there uh, that can free up the passing game. You have mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, they complement each other, a solid run game, opens up the passing game. Matt Ryan is not a slouch. He's still can't contribute. I mean, he's still a, he's not in his prime, but he's still a contributing quarterback. Uh, so yeah, why not load up weapons for him to be successful? It, it just seems like the Colts are not ready to like, not be a team that can like win. Um, and right now when you're number two and three are Dolan and Campbell, I think you really need to push to get another receiver. And I don't think with five receivers already off the board, they can't wait to 42 and hope that another receiver can fall because there's several teams between Green Bay and pick 22 and the Colts pick at 42 that we could see another five receivers go. And then they're sitting there just drafting tier four receivers when they go up and get this guy to be a day one starter opposite of Pittman. Now you're on the clock. Pick number 26, Tennessee Titans. They just missed out on Traylon Burks. How do they adjust? What do they do? And this is a this is a pick that um, probably has has a lot of controversy behind it because of the Achilles injury he uh, experienced before. You know, I think it was during his pro day. Uh, but uh, David Ojovu, uh out of Michigan uh, expected to be back in the second half of this season, mm-hmm. uh, rehabbing that Achilles injury. 
uh, I think he's a a great talent uh, that did have unfortunate circumstances that uh, did did occur with him getting hurt before the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that this could hamper him a little bit. Uh, but I think Tennessee getting this player, uh, even if he comes back for the second half. Uh, and a playoff run, I think that will be a huge asset, uh, and they can rehab him uh, and make him an impact player uh, for that playoff run. 100%. And this is a guy that, I mean, realistically, probably was in like the Jermaine Johnson range pre-injury. We're looking at a guy that could have been drafted anywhere from 9 to 15, and the injury pushed him down here to pick 26. And while this still might be a risk with the Achilles injury, I think Cam Akers coming back, Devonta Foreman playing now, I think those make people feel better about these injuries. Uh, and I hope that it isn't something that hampers him. This is a big risk by the Titans. It is. But they could use another edge rusher. They really could. Um, Landry and Dupree, while are adequate pass rushers, Dupree is 29 now. Uh, we're not seeing these guys actually deliver as much as I think as the Titans want them to. And I think getting a guy in there that can sit back for another year where those two are taking over and they're still starting and can kind of maybe just set up the whole year. It's one of those situations where he's going to come back and he's going to be really aggressive off the edge. Uh, we see that he, they compare him to jo- uh, Josh Sweat, um, really disciplined. Uh, he's able to benefit off of other players as we saw with Hutchinson. Uh, but even without Hutchinson there, I think that he would have still excelled for this Michigan Wolverines team. Pick number 27 now, Tempe Buccaneers on the clock. Now, these guys can go a lot of different directions. Um, they're kind of, they're going to go for a last hurrah. Maybe Brady has two more years. Who even knows? This guy's never going to stop playing. <laughs> but they go out and they decide to draft interior offensive lineman. They're going to go after Tyler Lindenbaum, Linderbaum. Uh, to start at maybe center, maybe start at guard. He is the best center in the draft, but he also can play at guard. Um, he's undersized, but he plays like Jason Kels, Matt Miller says. Um, he's got uh, short arms, uh, but he has, he, he has really, he's really good ability. Like, he plays well. Like, that's the thing. His size is, is hampered, and it's not ideal of what you want, but he's a really good football player. He's got great yeah. technique. He's able to get his hands inside. Um, he's pretty good in pass protection. Uh, he's effective in zone, uh, zone blocker as well. Uh, he has really good foot speed as well. And I think that he, he's just a really smart player that can cut off angles of pass rushers on the inside. And he's able to play, you know, guard or center, which is another flexible position and is an, an, a day one starter here for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And I think this is something that, um, Brady's going to need. Um, and the versatility is a huge asset mm-hmm. because you have to have to have that versatility, especially with his, his stature, uh, to be able to play multiple positions, be interchangeable. I think it adds, adds to his, his value, uh, and taking it up. So yeah, I fully agree with this pick. I, I really like this pick actually. Here we are. You are back on the clock with the Green Bay Packers. 
Now, this pick, based on our, you know, the ranking board that I went off of, is a little bit of a reach. But, however, it fills a need for the Packers, who, again, let's reiterate, we only kind of talked about receiver last time as a need. This team could upgrade at the tackle position. Uh, they can use a variety of pass rushers, um, maybe another safety. They're pretty solid at positions like cornerback, running back, um, their center, uh, nose tackle, you know, good corners. Receivers out of the way. Do they need to go another receiver or do they need to address the offensive line? What's more important here? I, I took Adam Coyne, um offensive line, uh, Tyler Smith out of, out of Tulsa. Um, he is, he's a, a big, powerful guy mm -hmm. uh, with great athleticism. I, I think, you know, you paid Rogers all this money. You want to have a line that will protect him. And I think this is one of the uh, the best places for him to land. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest knock on him that, that I've read on him is that his hand placement isn't perfect, but at 6'5", 324, he can play that right tackle spot for you. Uh, he's got really good length, really good size. Uh, his speed is pretty good. Uh, he's... One of those guys that I think they're trying to project as a left tackle, but obviously the Packers don't necessarily need that right now. Uh, but he can play right tackle for them in the intermediate. And I think that he can learn and develop. And I think that he, he's one of those guys that you can kind of let him just go one-on-one -on -one against edge rushers, and he's going to have success. I don't think that he's one of those guys that you need to necessarily help out as much. I think that when he can learn and kind of develop his technique a little bit better, he's going to establish himself into a startable tackle in this league. Now there are other guys that obviously we could see them go, um, go after the top four tackles are off the board right here. Uh, and, and guys like guys like Raymond uh, and Lucas are available uh, as well as uh, can't, I always forget the strong, but it's like, it's like Faye Lely. Uh, those guys are available. And I think that you can kind of mix match here as well. But a guy that I think that you want somebody that's going to go out there and he's just going to try and take it to edge rushers, which is what he does. Back-to-back -back picks for the Kansas City Chiefs. Spoiler alert, it's not actually going to happen because they're going to trade. But pick 29 here. We agreed on this. We think they need a receiver. Everybody thinks they need a receiver. They go out and they sign Juju. We have them sign uh, MVS, who we just talked about earlier. I think they can still use another receiver. I don't feel too confident in that receiving room. Uh, granted, I mean, they, they, they still have Kels, but he's getting up there in age. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a pretty good pass-catching running back. I, I like to think he is decent. Um, but we don't know if Juju's health's going to hold up. We don't know if Hardman can actually be a number two. We don't know if MVS can actually do what he's supposed to do. Uh, like he kind of did with Green Bay, but not really. So let's go out on, out there and let's go to Penn State. And let's get them uh, uh, Jahan Dodson, wide receiver, 5'11", 178 pounds, compares to Tyler Lockett. He's undersized, but he's a really good slot receiver. Um, he's got really good ball skills, good body control. Uh, he's... he's um. Uh, how did I read somebody described it earlier? It was like uh it was like it was like a cookie that has like the perfect crisp is like how they said like his route running was. It's very just it's so crisp, which is such a weird word for me to say, but it's it pretty much off the break. It's just so good. Um and I think that he's got decent speed as well. He's gonna pair really well working underneath with Kels, and he's gonna allow Juju to kind of make those big plays on the field. Hardman, MVS, it, it just pairs well with their team and what they need. Yeah, and he is a one of these people that has a good yard after catch. Um, mm -hmm. And having 
playing opposite of Kelsey and being able to play underneath and open up the middle of the field while he's pulling linebackers and stuff out of, out of there on out routes. Um, and you're going to be taking on um, possibly having a step, maybe two on defensive backs, linebackers. That's going to account, account for a lot of things. And I like this pick because of the landing spot. I think he'll pair really good with Mahomes if it's where he goes. Uh, to have a solid impact, even as a rookie. So we have a big old trade. What's going to happen here? The Atlanta Falcons, they don't want to wait any longer. So they're going to move up. The Atlanta Falcons are going to send to the Kansas City Chiefs, second round pick 43, pick 82 in the third round, and pick 114 in the fourth. Atlanta is going to get pick 30 here, and they're going to get pick 121 in the fourth round. Essentially, we're going to see them move up about was it 13 spots here in, mm-hmm. from the second to the first? And then they're going to move back about seven spots in the fourth round while giving up a third. And why are they going to do this? Why don't you tell everybody why they're going to do this? Because they're going to get their quarterback in the future. Um, I think this is this a good fit. Uh, I think especially with the way the drafts has played out, I think Atlanta taking Mac. Curl here is is uh, amazing value. Uh, I like I like his arm speed. I like his reads. Uh, you pair him up with you know Kyle Pitts, who's going to be there for a while. You know we went receiver earlier. You know we're attacking that offensive side of the ball. You know I think this is the great great thing that can happen for Atlanta to move up. Yes. Get the quarterback of the future. Mariota is a good mentor quarterback. So I think that benefits as well. So I think it's a perfect fit and makes a whole lot of sense. And I think them being able to get a quarterback um, that they have brought in and they have talked to recently that they have shown interest in uh, and that has fallen. The quarterbacks are fallen. So we're going to say teams are going to be aggressive here. And I know a lot of people probably, I know some people out there that they're against this, but they're like, why why not just take him at eight? Like if he's your quarterback. But I mean, we've seen other teams do this before. We've seen Baltimore do this. We've seen Minnesota do this. They trade up to the back end. We've seen teams do that because guys are falling and they want to get that fifth-year option. And they don't want to risk him falling and maybe not getting taken or somebody else trading up. So they're aggressive and they go out and get him. And at 6'2", 212, I don't want to miss. He's a guy... uh, uh, Coral has a really quick release. He's got good size. And I, he has all these quarterbacks actually in this draft actually have pretty good mobility as well. And I think that Mariota's not the long term answer. If he is, then you're in a situation where then you can trade Coral down the road. You can trade Mariota. Do what you need to do. What this does for them is it allows them to still be competitive because I don't think they're a team that's going to try and phone it in that we see other teams do when they're trying to actually rebuild. I think that they have an opportunity here to go out and get a guy to be their next guy for the next 12, 15 years. And I think Coral can develop a good relationship with Pitts and with now uh, Wilson up top. And the Falcons team looks like they're in a better position and it just lets them be aggressive, get their guy. Now don't take that risk of those quarterbacks. Don't declare next year when you're bad or you're not as bad as actually you thought you were going to be. Go out and get your guy now. If he plays early, he plays early. If he sits by Mariota, even better. 
No. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock here. Uh, so close from winning the Super Bowl. And they're in a position where, you know, man, they, they, you know, they shouldn't have drafted Jamar Chase last year. They should have went out and they should have, should have dropped an offensive lineman. Okay, well, we were all wrong there. The Jamar Chase yeah. is pretty dang good. And I think they made a good move there. Now, maybe they still need offensive line. Well, this team has been really busy uh, in the offseason here on the teams. Like, I'm not really worried about them drafting an offensive lineman here. Now, I do think they could use an upgrade at positions such as tight end. They do have Hayden Hurst, uh, but they couldn't improve there. They could improve at cornerback where I think they are kind of exposed. Um, but we kind of go with a secondary need, and we just kind of give Jesse Bates um, and Von Bell another teammate. Uh, and while I do like those safeties, and I do think they're pretty good at safety, I think they kind of like what Mike Hilton, Eli Apple, um, uh, Awa- uh, Awazi, Awaze. <laughs> I, I'm so bad. Yeah. Awazi. They like what these guys have been doing at cornerback. And so I don't think there's a definite need for this Bengals team. And I think tight end is too early here. So why don't we just give them the best player available? And for us, that is Daxon Hill safety out of Michigan. Six foot, uh, 191, compares to Eric Berry, uh, which is a high comparison. I don't think he's quite there, but um, he has great range. He tracks the ball really well. Uh, he's, he's quick on pursuit as well. He's a good tackler. He shows good run support. I think overall, he's just, he's just a really good safety. He's a good football player. And I think that's kind of what the Bengals need right now. And it's just a situation of like, well, it's a luxury pick. You're just taking the best available who is still going to help your team. He's, a, he's what I like to see as a utility player. Yeah. He, he, can, he can play a lot of different roles in that secondary which is very valuable, especially if you're landing on a team like Cincinnati that has uh, the added support and you can just plug and play wherever. Uh, it's going to be a little hard on him because he's going to have to learn so many, many positions uh, to be that utility player, but he has all the tools to do so. And I think that is a great asset to have and luxury to have as a Bengals landing him right here. Yeah, and I, I just think it's one of those situations where you just like, you just take what you can because you can like, I don't, that's all it is for me. I don't really see a situation where this is a bad move. Uh, they want to continue to get better here. Uh, and I think that they, this is a move they can just make just because, because they can. Um, and we have to remember that uh, Von Bell is going to be a free agent in, I believe 2023 is when his contract mm-hmm. is up. There's a three-year deal he signed. Yeah. So this is the final year of his deal. So it kind of prepares you that if you can't resign him, you've got a guy in place that can take over. Um, and even if you do resign him, like you said, Hill could be a utility player used all over the place. And now let's get to the final pick of the first round. And we have another trade, our final trade. We had another team that did what Atlanta did, and they saw this, and they're like, all right, that's it. That's three quarterbacks gone. We're not waiting. Detroit, come on. You love, you love draft picks. Let's work on this with you. So what they do is the Pittsburgh Steelers move up from pick number 52 in the second round, and they give up two-thirds, one this year at pick 84 and one next year, and they go to pick 32. Value-wise, this still is in Detroit's favor. Detroit already has their quarterback. There's not a top-tier player at any of the positions that they really need with Hill just now going. They've missed on another Michigan guy back-to-back. So let's trade down. Let's get some more draft capital. They are now going to have two picks in the second round, two picks in the third round, and then they're going to have two picks in the third round next year as well to just dominate this draft even more. 
Pittsburgh comes up, gets Desmond Ritter. And that's our fourth quarterback taken. A little bit, you know, he's an he's a, he's a early second-round guy, but he's not going to wait and fall to 52. Why don't you no. want to break down Desmond Ritter to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, I think this makes the most sense. Pittsburgh definitely needs that franchise quarterback with the retirement of Big Ben. Mary, uh, I mean, uh, Mitch Risky is not the answer long-term. Um, I, I really like uh, Ritter's um, pass progression reads. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he excels the most. And with this offense, I think that's going to benefit uh, tremendously. Uh, because you have uh, Fire Moose, you have um, Washington coming back, I think. Um, and, you know, you've got a young Pittsburgh wide receiving core that can benefit from growing with a quarterback. Yes. Uh, so, so I think that makes the most sense because when you can grow with the quarterback, that is longevity. Uh, success uh, when you don't have that high turnover, you know, learning new offense. If you're all learning it together, you can see where your strengths are, where you need to work on. You get that extra play, and you have the youth, which is very important to have many years of success. Yeah, and here's here's a couple of things about him. He's got a really good arm. I like his arm. He is there's sometimes he has a little bit of an inaccuracy, but he's got a strong arm. Um, he's a, a pretty quick on his feet, able to move, able to, to get out of that pocket. On top of that, another thing we don't really talk about too often, uh, in some cases we do, but other times we dismiss it because we like to say it's a team sport all the time. And I know a lot of people do that and they hate when I talk about like wins as a quarterback stat, but they're the main component. They touch the ball more than anybody else. And so they contribute the most because when the team loses, we look at the quarterback play, you know, that's what we do a lot. So Let's talk about him. He's played 50 games in college and he went 44 and six in college. He got Cincinnati on the map. He has made them a name. They went to the playoffs. I think that he is a guy that learning in that system behind Mike Tomlin. Yeah. He's going to have a a tremendous amount of growth. And I think he is a, he's a winner. He's a leader. He's a good locker room guy. And I think those are good traits to have as a quarterback as well. And he's going to have a chip on his shoulder being the fourth quarterback taken, even though we look at the play of these quarterbacks, he performed better team placement-wise than everybody else on this list ahead of him. And that is going to conclude our first round. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, here you go. Here's the first 16 picks of the second round. And if you're not watching on YouTube, you're just listening, let's go ahead and talk about our biggest steal of the, of the second round, talking about the first 16 picks here from pick 33 of Jacksonville all the way to 48 of Chicago. We do have a trade. The New England Patriots trade up to 47. They go on to get N'Kobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. Massive steal for us. We have a first-round grade on him. He falls. I don't know why it just kind of happened. He fell. He's one of these guys that I think could go as high as, as the teens, but he could fall to the 40s just because of the, the need and demand of other positions. Huge steal for the New England Patriots. Talk about N'Kobe Dean falling to the second round. I think... Uh, you know, we discussed this um, when we was working this trade to see what what would work out, and I think this is a good fit. We talk about how Belichick likes to have those certain players that are are you um, Swiss Army knives, and I think uh, I think 
that is the best way to describe Dean is a Swiss Army knife. Mm -hmm. He has all the tools to play all over the field. Um, and to be able to learn in that offense and learn under Belichick is huge. So, so yeah, uh, I think, it, you know, we've talked about this and I'll repeat it again. Talent is not one of these reflections. It is no. need. It is need and desire. Uh, so him sliding to here, which would be a huge steal because his talent is that mid to late first, but team needs kind of trumped his talent. So that's why we had him sliding. But if this is the case, I Massive mean, this steal. is your, this is your anchor for several years ago. And I think this is one of those situations. This is the one pick where we're doing this thing that he kind of just kept slipping and falling that it might happen. Um, but I think this is going to be our biggest miss like reflecting on this draft, I could see him going, like I said, in the teens. So the fact that he is falling, it's not, it's just need is established everywhere else. Receivers dominated, edge rushers dominated, offensive line dominated. Four quarterbacks snuck in when maybe they shouldn't, and they just, you know, it just happened. But he fell, and that's where I have. And I'm going to say right now, I'm going to predict that's going to be our biggest miss so far of like distance of where they're drafted. Other notable draft picks that we have here in the first 16, Brees Hall running back goes to Houston. We have Sam Howell going to Seattle. Uh, and then we also have uh, Sky Moore going to Chicago. Now in the final 16 of the second round, that is New Orleans Saints at 49, all the way to Denver at 64. Um, I would like to say that probably the biggest value in steel here, uh, it looks like, is a tie between, it's like Logan Hall, defensive lineman from Houston going to Buffalo, um, who traded down into the second, get two good defensive players there. And then Boye Mafi. Uh, edge rusher going to Kansas City. They still get a good edge rusher uh, in the second round. Both are really good value picks. Uh, and then, but the biggest one probably is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions traded down with Pittsburgh to pick 52, and they get a starting safety in Lewis Kine out of Georgia. Yeah, and I think that addresses uh, one, a great need. You get a upper tier. Uh, defensive back, plus you got all this draft capital from the trades. So I think this is is absolutely the perfect scenario for the Detroit Lions uh, to build up a young competitive team in a really tough division. Yeah, and they did get a Beckety, um, Arnold Abeketi from Penn State at pick 34. So Malik Willis, a new edge rusher there to start for them, and then a brand new uh, kind you know to come in and start at safety for them and he's a guy that probably could get drafted a lot higher he was fantastic for the georgia team 6'2 199 uh he's like a center fielder out there and i think that's gonna help this lions team who now after this has two third round picks in this draft as well and they can add more starters to their team as well with how deep this pass rushing group is and cornerback class and as you can see on the graphic right here or if you're listening i'll describe it Here's our five best available players after the second round. Going into the third round, we have uh, Pierre Winfrey, defensive lineman out of Oklahoma, linebacker Christian Harris out of Alabama, running back Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M, edge rusher Drake Jackson out of USC, and offensive tackle Nicholas Petit-Ferrier out of Ohio State. Uh, those five guys are the next best available for us based on our boards that we have here. 
we're probably going to be wrong on a lot of these things, but this is our one and only mock draft. As I said before the top of the show, it's a very long show. If you're still with us. Thank you for joining. If you skipped around and looked at your team, let us know down below in the comments how well we did. If you're happy with your team's draft so far from what you saw, let us know. Hit us up on all of our social medias as well. Be ready for more content flowing. It has been a long time, so we're going to get out of here really quick. Check us out on the W2M network as well. Jason, any last words? Nah, I'm good, man. Just uh, let us know how you feel we did with your team. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're going to say negative, bad things about how we did, that's okay. We're expecting it. I don't really care. But I want to hear it anyways. But I'm not going to change it. And that's it. We'll see you guys in a couple days, weeks. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> Damn, dude, this is going to be long.